Welcome to the Hope Collective Message Podcast, where we find a confident expectation of a better tomorrow in the character and promises of God. To learn more about who we are, visit thehopeco.com. Here's today's message. Thank you um, so much for that warm, warm welcome. Um, humbling welcoming, I, I must say. And to Dave, happy birthday. I'm going to cut this short because I know in a few minutes the clock is going to start ticking. But you guys have one of the most extraordinary, and I often tell him this, one of the smartest men I know um, when it comes to kingdom business. And what's to come is so much greater than what's been. And I, I, I said this in the last service that I believe that God is going to blow all of our minds and exceed our expectations when it comes to how we sort of um, extend hope from this location throughout the world, not just locally here in Lake Zurich, not just Chicago, not just the United States, but abroad and beyond. So I thank God for you, Pastor Dave and and Natalie, and for accepting me and my wife and all of our children, (laughs) all of our children into this family. So thank you guys so much for that. I know all of you received um, a light bulb when you came in. If you don't have one, can you please raise your hand so we can get you one in your hand because it's going to be really important that you have a light bulb for this service, okay? If you don't have one, raise your hand. Thank you, Mary Beth and Angela for passing those out. I can't seem to get my password right here. There you go. So as an example of hope, um, today I get to, I don't want to say preach the word, but give a little bit of inspiration and motivation. This place of hope has been for me over the time of knowing Pastor Day, first meeting him at a Wakanda football game with some of my kids were playing football. Um, And last week, uh, last Saturday, having the opportunity to come and experience the behind the scenes of hope and finding out that there are really only 10 people who were employed by this church, like full-time. And thinking, how in the world would just that few people do, does the Hope Collective do all the wonderful things that they do? And it's because somehow, some way, God allowed those 10 full-time and part, some part-time people to really extend hope to those who had a heart and desire to serve. And so it's important through this message that I want you to pull out some things that by the end of it, right? This is kind of like going to be like your inspiration, homework time. I got I to gotta do something when I leave here today, okay? So if you didn't come thinking that you want to do anything, I'm sorry. This is not your typical Sunday, okay? All right? So everybody have the light bulb now? You do not take this home. It will not work when you plug it into the power source that ComEd gives. But I'll tell you what you can do with it, Okay? Um, By the way, right now, what you might want to do, there's a little white piece on the inside. Just take that little piece out. Put it in your pocket. Don't leave it on the seat and don't throw it on the floor, okay? So today's message, sorry, is going to be entitled, This Little Light of Mine. Okay, what's the next word that comes out? This little light of mine. Wow! Can you turn the lights down for a minute? Turn the lights down for a minute. Anyone has a phone with a light on it? Can you just turn your light on? Turn your light on. 
Turn, turn all the lights down on the stage too. Turn the lights down. Just leave the, t- just leave the, the, the monitor, the TVs on. There you go. Ooh, y'all have some light in this room. My God. Now let's try that song again. This little... Y'all, that's good. That's all y'all got? That's all y'all got? Okay, stop. Can you roll the... I'm closing the door. Start the light. Start the light. Start the the TV. Start the TV. That was good. Turn your lights off for a second. I want to show y'all how you have to be bold with your light. Okay. Bootsy White Lord is Sly Trombone. <laughs> Show the Lord a little more respect. Do you understand me? Do you understand me? Uh, bright light from Bright Light. And a child shall lead them. Yeah. <laughs> That's Tina Turner. That's actually little Tina Turner. Yeah. She started off in the church. This little light of mine. Getting put out the church, singing her little light, right? How many times have you tried to shine your light and somebody came along to try and dim your light and walk you out of the kingdom? Many of us are here today because we found a place of hope that allowed us to shine our light in the form of once was Alpine and now the Hope Collective. And now the 501c3, the Hope Center. I'm going to start with this story. 
And many of you know about the story of Jesus feeding the who? The 5,000. But I want to get you to look at it a little different today, right? Because at some point in our lives, we all needed a form of hope. We all have been in a situation that we thought was going to potentially kill us. We've all been in a place where we didn't have enough money to pay the bills. We've all been in relationships that have caused us some form of stress, and we did not think it was going to make it. And for those of us who are married, we've had those arguments that we felt like, man, this is the it, it's over, I've had enough. But somehow, some way, we found hope in the middle of our crisis. That hope for us who are a part of the kingdom of God is who? Jesus. So let's talk about this. John 6, I'm starting at verse 1. It said, sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Everybody say, healing the sick. And, and keep in mind, I'm a black preacher, so I'm going to ask you to say stuff, and you're going to repeat it back to me, okay? <laughs> Just putting it out there. Verse 3, Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down with the disciples. Um, the Jewish Passover festival was near. Next verse, verse 5. Now, that was the pursuit of hope. And now this is identifying the need. So Jesus then says, when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Now, Jesus already knows that he's just putting something out there for you. He already knows that you, he knows what he can do to help you achieve what he wants you to do. Okay. Put that out there. Identifying the need. He asked this only to test him. For he already had in his mind what he wanted to do. He already knew that. He already knew what he was going to do, all right? Um, And then verse 7 says, Philip answered him, it will take more than a half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a what? A bite. Oh, ye of little faith. How many times have you looked at your situation and says, you know what? This, I don't care how I look at this, this is never going to happen. I can never start a business. I can never uh, go out and help somebody else because I got my own stuff going on. So Philip came to this conclusion. It's not going to be enough. That's a half a year's wages. We're not going to have enough even for them to have a bite. Next, sharing hope. Right? We identify the need. Now we're sharing hope. Verse 8. <laughs> Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves. Everybody say five small small barley loaves loaves. and two small fish. fish. All right, you don't have to repeat this part, (laughs) but you got it. But how far will they go among so many? Verse 10, then Jesus said, have the people sat down. He said it like that in my voice, okay? (laughs) There was plenty of grass in the place, and they sat down, and about 5,000 men were there. Now, I don't talk about the women and the children, so that's easily probably around 20,000 people, right? And then verse 11 says, Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed it to those who were seated, as many as they wanted. He He did the same with the fish. Now, Jesus 
fed all these people. And as the verse continues to go on, he says they had as much as they wanted. They got full. Now, Philip's thinking they can only get a bite. But Jesus came along, took those, uh, how much was it? Five? Five. And what? Five what? Small loaves. And two what? Small fish. Right? This young man who had this, this was his last. He was what we would consider poverty. He took his last, probably was going to try and feed his family for I don't know how long, and he gave it to Jesus, and Jesus multiplied it. What's inside of you that represents five small loaves and two small fish that you believe or you think or you have thought that I could never make a difference with this? You're right. You can't, but Jesus can. What are you willing to share that you're lacking from with somebody else. I had the privilege on last Saturday, not this past one, the one before that, to um, experience the dynamic of the Hope Collective through the food pantry. Now, I've come to this church a few times, I've come on Saturday a few times, but I had never experienced this. Sue, Sue here right now? So here, no, she's gone. She was at the first service. Her team of dynamic leaders, I'm talking about from little kids to teenagers to young adults to seniors, all serving together to what? Give their five what? And to what? To people who were in need. They didn't just stand behind the tables and just hand out food. They were all on one accord. They had alignment. And it's something about it. The Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. And when hearts come together on one accord, the spirit of God comes and people's lives begin to become transformed. There was one brother I met. He was, he was a, a, a senior. He was elderly. His name was Terry. And I remember Terry because I'm Terrence, right? But that's not the reason why I remember Terry. Terry had been serving in the food pantry for about eight or so years and he had about the last, I believe, two years or so off because he was battling or fighting cancer. Terry shows up with his walker, comes up in the food pantry. I'm up there dividing fruit, you know, the old, the bad fruit, and telling them, oh, we can give this to the animals, and then we can give this to the people because we don't want food to go to waste, right? So Terry comes in, and everybody comes to tell me, oh, this is Terry. Nobody knew who I was. I wasn't the executive director. I was just Terrence, right? Now, Terry comes in, hey, how you doing? And Terry starts telling me his story. He's full of life. He's on the walker. So I thought, oh, well, Terry's coming. He's just come to let everybody know he's good. He's still living. He's still breathing. His use-by date is not over yet. <laughs> but Terry comes to share hope with his five what? And two what? Y'all not talking loud enough. Little lady was singing louder than that. Come on, five what? And two what? That sounds like my church. Come on. So Terry then walks with his walker, throws the walker to the side. Terry's over there getting the carts ready. He's putting um, uh, onions and bags in the cart and pushing them to where they go for the people to come and get them so they can go and do their shop. 
And I said to myself, there are many of us with our time, talent, and treasure, we don't have enough time to serve. We don't have enough time to give hope. But here was this man who had just literally found out the news probably days ago, and already he's up trying to give hope to somebody else. He took his five what? And two what? And decided, I'm going to let Jesus give me the strength and the ability to go and light up a situation where somebody needs hope. There's other people who serve on our team who are right now at the beginning of their fight with their health. Terry showing up was a light of hope for somebody else. So you have this light bulb, and I told you, you don't plug it in when you go home. So if your light bulb goes out, don't try and plug this in. You heard it here, okay? It's recorded. It does not get plugged in. The only way this bulb lights up is because you will put your what? Five and two what? In it. You have to. And I'm going to give you some ways of how you can do that, okay? And I'm like rushing because last service I went over, so I'm just going to... Pastor Dave says it's okay. (laughs) And the only reason I can speak about sharing the five loaves and the two fish, as many of you know, I have over 200 kids that I've acted as the legal guardian for. I'm not talking about from a distance. Now the ones in New Zealand is from a distance. (laughs) But living in my house over a period of 12 years now, I took my what? Five and two what? I took my time, talent, and treasures with that. I gave everything. Kids, I don't even have a biological kid to date, but I believe we believe in God. Amen. And God began to multiply my little and stretch it. I'm asking you today, as we go through this list of what the Hope Center is, Hope Center, find people of hope like all of you who got drawn here today. This crowd followed Jesus because he had what? He had hope. He is the example of hope. He is the light of the world. In your dark moments of your life, I'm telling you, not because I read it, I know it's true, but in the dark moments of Terrence Wallace's life, Jesus showed up. He didn't show up just with a flashlight that had a battery that had, a, that, that had an end, but he came into my life and he was the light that illuminated for the rest of my life. And because of that, yes, mom, we had poverty when I grew up, but thanks be to God that we don't live in poverty no more. That's what Jesus does. Now I'm on the other side of it. And God says to all of us, can I trust you with your five what? And your two what? Can I trust you with it? Well, that, well, maybe you don't have five loaves. Terrence, you know, that's nice. The little kid had five loaves, and that's nice. Little Tina Turner was, you know, gyrating her shoulders. <laughs> but I only have two loaves and a half a fish. I'm living on the thread. But those are the incredible moments when God can show up and perform a miracle. It's at the moment where your, your faith stands and your doubt dies. Say that. When my faith and my doubt dies, then God can perform the miracle. 
Find your lack area. I want you to think about that while I go to this next part of this because I want y'all to really see when we go into this Hope Center and these 12 service areas, I guarantee you that God sent you to this church for a reason. And that reason initially may have been selfishly motivated. I didn't like the way they did it over there. And I, you know, I had been, really been over church and I just wanted to find a community. And Hope has this great thing called, you know, the community circles and groups that meet up. And I like having tea with my girlfriends or coffee. And I like the book clubs. And I really like the, the ink club because, you know, they do some interesting things. That's all good. But there is an assignment that God has for you, I believe that that assignment will change your life. The Bible doesn't talk about in the book of John about this little boy and, and, and you know, his reaction to Jesus taking his five loaves and two fish and just feeding everybody. It's interesting that Mary Beth and the team chose to serve you guys those light bulbs today in baskets, Right? In the times we live in, everybody's chasing the bag. <laughs> if you can sit all over social media, oh, I'm, I, I, give me the bag, give me the bag now. <laughs> Why chase or go after a bag when you can have baskets? The baskets represent overflow. It's more than enough. And because this young man gave this that he really didn't have, God was able to multiply it more than enough. Okay? Now, the Hope Center... People of hope, everybody say, people of hope, hope. becoming what? Places Places of hope, everybody. People of hope, hope. places of hope. That's what we're becoming. May not be there yet, but we're becoming that. As I um, went and dug into this even more, right, I found out that we have, well, we all probably know this. We have what's called the Hope Farm. Everybody say Hope Farm. A group of extraordinary leaders and volunteers who have worked to create this phenomenal facility right about over there somewhere. Right? I'm talking about, like, I thought this was going to be like a little garden. <laughs> right? Like, you know, oh, this is going to be nice to go there. You got look, some, some tomatoes and some cucumbers. But you go there and then you see this entire, like, state-of-the-art facility with all these, like, they, and then some of them talk with all of, like, this scientific conversation. And I'd be like, man, I don't even know. <laughs> but it's all for the purpose of producing not, like, crumbs and, and, and like, terrible fruit sometimes that you get from the super, some supermarkets. But this is top quality stuff that these people who had, what, five and two decided that they were going to build a farm. They didn't say a garden. Like, it could have been a garden. I mean, come on. And that would have been good enough because you know you have community gardens around, right? But they decided, no, because our leader, Dave Mudd, all right, he doesn't, like, he doesn't hear from God down here. (laughs) He really doesn't. Like, I'm telling y'all the truth. If you, you got to spend some time with him. He's always there. Like, he, if, if, if there is anything that, like, he's like, oh, yeah, Dave, we can do that. Dave's like, no, no, no give, me ten, give me 100 of them. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because he's driven by faith. God speaks to him as a leader, 
And it becomes all of our responsibilities for those that God has called in the house to breathe life into it so that it becomes manifested because the Bible says, he that wins souls is wise. If we're going to win the people of God, people out in darkness for the kingdom, then we have to be strategic and wise in how we move in and out amongst this world because we are living in dark times right now. Politically, religiously, families, all divided because we're sleeping or burying our what? Five and our two. But I'm going to help you today. So you got the, you got the Hope Farm. Then you have the food pantry. I cannot speak enough about Sue and the team that God has called to lead that food pantry. It is one of the most, and I've been in a few food pantries, both on the receiving side and as the service side. And it is one of the most amazing experience that keeps people with their dignity. They don't have them waiting outside, lined up. They come in, sit down. They're taking care of it, and they're looking at the whole person. Angie, Angela Mooney and the uh, intake team, I call them the service connectors. That's y'all new name. Y'all the service connectors. Because they look at the individual, and they look at the whole person. I know you came in for bread, <laughs> but God wants to give you something else. And then they begin to provide service for the whole person. Man, I love it. So that's the food pantry. Then you got the disability services. Another amazing experience. I, there's not a day that I, when I come, I've been here in this office probably two weeks now, everybody just letting you know. And every single day I come in here, this place is lit. When I leave, it's still lit. I was like, man, who, who's here 24 seven looking after things? It's constant, like it's constant, and the kids with disabilities are not left out. They're looking after them and taking care of them. There's an entire park over here that we found out at the first service that the, you know, the governmental, the municipalities of Lake Zurich are in their offices talking about what's happening here at the Hope Collective. So that's just absolutely amazing. And I don't want to leave out Pastor Donna. She's on sabbatical now, but if she sees this, an amazing resource for this church amazing through through her taking her five and to what she pushed and pushed herself in areas that she didn't even think she could do to make sure that that park got the resources it need to come into existence for this group of people who needed hope Let's give God some praise for that yeah. moving along <laughs> Next, you have English as a second language. There are people coming, like you probably think, initially when I saw English as a second language, I thought that's just for people who speak Spanish to learn how to speak English. But that's not it. There are people, like I found out a few weeks ago, there are people who are coming here from um, Russia, from Ukraine. How are they finding the Hope Center out of all of America? Because the light is illuminated by people who gave their what? Five and two what? Where are you? Next, we have teen moms, single moms, foster care, seniors. <laughs> I met with um, Rima. Rima. Rima? Where's she at? She's here. Oh, there she go over there. I met with her this week. 
and she just got to talk in. Now, what, what you don't know is that when you're giving your five loaves and two fish, that people are watching you. You don't even know they're watching you. So people have been talking to me about, like, some people who've had experience with that man, they were telling me all the great stuff, and, and she had no idea that this was happening. They didn't know who I was, so they wasn't trying to blow my head up, right? But what I found out, that we are all going to age. We are all going to get older, if, if it be the will of God, right? We are someday going to hit that, that number where they say that we're seniors, Right? And when we hit that number, we're going to realize we're not as mobile as we used to be, right? We don't kind of tick over the same way. And as my mom says all the time, boy, they got to get my TikTok together. <laughs> Talking about a heart. <laughs> She's like, they're going to they work on my TikTok, son. We're going to need help. We're going to need people to come and help us to do things that we once used to do on our own. So it's very important that we look after our seniors. And so, um, that's right. That's right. Where you at? Yep. Not to mention that they care a load of wisdom for our generation and the generations down. So I want to encourage you. Remember, she's like, I was like, how can I, how can I help you? How can I serve you? I get that from Angela Mooney. Every time, years ago, she's like, how can I serve you, Terrence? What can I do for you? And I was like, man, every time I see this lady, she always asking what she can do for me. I better have a list every time. <laughs> but when I asked her this question, she said that they need volunteers. There's a, there's a gentleman, an elderly person on Tuesday who needs um, some help cleaning his place. So she needs help. If you have an hour, just an hour, young people, I see a, a lot of y'all today. That's great. Just give an hour of community service to go and help somebody else out. To give your what? Five and two what? All right, come on, let's help, let's help them out. You can go and sign up after service, get one of these nice t-shirts to put on right there in the lobby. God bless you. <laughs> then we have the legal aid, the legal aid clinic. This is amazing. I sat with them on yesterday. Are there any, mama, your phone ringing in church? <laughs> Jesus is on the main line. Tell him. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Thank you, love. Help her turn the ringer off. <laughs> Long out of days where she used to tell me to turn my phone off in service. <laughs> the legal, are there any lawyers here? If you're a lawyer, raise your hand for me. Any lawyers? Are you married to a lawyer who is not here? You use one? Oh, that, right there, okay. Do you, um, do you have a son or a daughter that's a lawyer? A grandchild that's a lawyer? No? Raise your hand. Wow, all of us are using them, but we don't have one. <laughs> well, I met with the legal clinic on yesterday, and they do a phenomenal job, and they need 15 volunteers. We need four of them that need to be lawyers. Right now, we service every, once a month on a, on a Saturday, but we need to be able to serve twice a month on a Saturday. And we are in need so that everyone only does one Saturday a month. We need 15 volunteers. You don't have to be a lawyer, but um, we do need four lawyers. So if you would be so kind to take your five what? And two to go and help out the legal, um, legal aid clinic. We have home repair. 
Um, last service, they racked up on volunteers, but they still can take some more, I'm sure. But the home repair, they go and help people out who are in need, who can't afford it, and they go and do the service that they would normally have to pay for. They provide that service. And so if you are a handyman, you don't have to be. They said, you don't even have to have the skill. We'll show them what to do. All you got to do be able to do is hit a nail and a hammer. Or hit a hammer with an... Yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and then there is biblical counseling. Teresa Diva, Diva is amazing. Y'all should give a God, God praise for her. There are so many fantastic people at this church, and she is one of them. I'm talking about skilled in a number of things, but she has put together this burning desire of taking her five loaves and two fish to create this biblical counseling ministry here at the Hope Collective, now the Hope Center, um, where she's taking people who want to be, who feel called to this, training them and then releasing them to go out and help people. Have you ever had a situation in your life where you just needed some spiritual guidance with? Well, that's what this ministry is. So I want to encourage you. They're not fully launched yet, but I want to encourage you, if you need it, sign up for it. And if you want to serve in that capacity, please sign up at the end of service um, with her. Now, I'm going to rush through this last part of my message real quick. And this is, this is where it comes home. There's a story in the Bible that talks about um, these, this, group of young, this group of people who had a paralyzed man on a, on a mat. And it can be found in the book, the, the Gospel of Mark. And he, was, he needed to be healed his friends were carrying him on this mat, and Jesus, again, was somewhere shining hope, right? And the crowd followed him. Every time there was hope, the crowd followed. In this case, he was in the house, and so the person that needed hope, they first, you know, they saw somebody, they saw the need. There was somebody who had a need, right? I'm going to walk through the steps that they did. Everybody say they saw the need. And then they were strong, so they were able to, to lift him up. And then they were all on one accord. They were team players. There was nobody saying, no, I want to go in the front. No, I want to go in the back. Uh -uh. They were on one accord. They were team players. And it's, it's very interesting that you know this because how could two walk together except they agree? So when you, when you go to give your five loaves and your two fish, you have to know that you're going in with the, the mentality that I'm here to serve. I don't have to be the boss. I don't have to be the one in charge, but let me just get in where I fit in. So they were team players, so they, they got on each end of the mat. And then when they came up against this, this house and all the people, I can't get to the crowd to get our friend to the person that could help them, they then became <laughs> determined. And after they became determined that nothing was going to stop them from getting this person help. Kind of like in the intake ministry, when they take somebody in and, and they realize Wow, this is a lot. How are we going to, we got to help this person. How do we get them benevolence? How do, we, how do we get a truck to their house to help them to relocate? How do we help them through this legal situation? How do we help them when they're having a mental breakdown? The team becomes determined to help that individual. And in this instance, their determination led to their creativeness. Their creativity. So they grabbed the letter put it on the house, got to the top of the house. Now, the magic was that they were able to carry this person without dropping him. When we give our five loaves and two fish, we can't give, we can't give the leftovers. We got to give our best. 
we have to be intentional about how we're going to get them to get the result that they need. Um, and then they had faith. Their creativeness allowed them to tear the roof off. Who would ever thunk it, right? They tore the roof off to lower him down in front of Jesus because they had enough faith to believe that if they just got him to Jesus, that everything this person needed was going to be made manifested. This week, I had the opportunity. Um, I met a young man a few months back, actually literally probably two months back, um, who ended up at our house at an event of another young man that I mentor. And the truth of the matter is that he wasn't really supposed to be there. I thought he was the connect to the guy I was mentoring, but really it was his girlfriend. And the Lord put it on my heart to start a conversation with him. And as we had the conversation, I gave him my number, and then we scheduled time to meet, said, can we meet? So we met, and he said to me, I, 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 want, you, I want to know if you could be my mentor. He says, but I didn't think that you would I don't think that you would be it because I know you were a religious man, <laughs> right? Because that's, that's how we carry ourselves, right? And so then he said, I'm not. I'm not a believer. And I was like, yes! <laughs> it's perfect! Because sometimes as believers, what happens is that we don't know how to go out and extend our faith, but we're living in a time now where people need hope. And so... Amen. And so what happens is that God starts bringing people to us, bringing people to us. And sometimes we make ourselves too busy or we too important to even take time to climb a roof and tear the roof off with our five what and two what. And so he and I talked and I says, bro, absolutely. But I just got to tell you. That I'm a man of faith. And anybody near me know it's going to rub off. And every time we'd be having these conversations, and we, we, we would talk quite frequently, and he'll be going through, and I was like, man, you just need to have what, Dre? What did you say? I need, you need to have what? You got to have faith. And he's like, I already know what you're going to say, Terrence. <laughs> and so on the 4th of July, he showed up to the house with a cross on his ear. And I was like, whoa, what are you doing with that on your ear? <laughs> I stopped the whole table. We were playing games. He's like, oh, man, I just, this, is, this is my style. This is my style. <laughs> but on this week, he came to the office, and we were talking about things in his life that were dark. And we talked about a very significant time of his life where it brought him quite pain and it just happened to be the eighth year this year I said do you know what the number eight represents can anybody tell me what, what does eight represent say it loud new beginnings I said it's not a coincidence that God led you to my house when he did it's not a coincidence that you know we, we've been on this journey and that it's the eighth year since that situation happened Dre, Dre, raise your hand. Say hi to everybody. That's Dre, everybody. Dre, stand up so they can see how tall you are. Dre was a basketball player. Dre accepted the Lord that day.
You have no idea that when you begin to look beyond your situation and the stuff that you have or don't have and you give your five loaves and your two fish, that that's the lifeline for somebody else. A few weeks ago, Pastor Dave um, and Natalie and, and, and the elders took on this capital campaign and you know, we did a big hoorah about it and the, the goal was 11 million, right? And how much did we bring in? Eight. Eight represents what? Which means that we're taking our five what? And two? And God will make up the difference. But God can't move if you're refusing to take that five loaves and two fish to begin to illuminate the light that God has placed inside of you. So if you can take out, your, take out the piece of paper, write on it real quick. I want you to write down on that piece of paper two things I want you to do. Write down on that piece of paper an area of which you can share hope from the 12 things, 12 areas that I showed you today. And if you didn't see an area up there, I want you to write that down that you feel that God is calling you to share hope with. Somebody in the first service came up to me after service and said, you know, we don't have a tutoring program here for kids. And I said, well, praise God. then we need to start that. Dave is not foreign to hearing from God bursting new ideas and things. He's not. God continues to speak to him. There's a thrift, uh, a thrift shop and a, a fitness, hope fitness. Like he just keeps putting them out. Auto, you know, helping people who, who, who families who vehicles break down they can't afford to fix. Okay, let's bring them into the Hope Center. Fix those vehicles. I want to challenge every one of us today. Don't let your light be dim like Tina Turner when she was singing. Don't get discouraged because we all know the wonder that Tina Turner became as of today. But I want you to let your light shine through service and sharing hope with others. And I want you to see how Jesus turned your five loaves and two fish to feed thousands. If I had never begun to share hope, there will not be over 200 kids across the world now who carry their torch and illuminate their light by giving to somebody else. I want to encourage you today at the end of this service to go out to the lobby you'll see a table with some of these t-shirts says the Hope Center and then on the back of it is a line to the mission I want you to sign up and find your area to serve in and then I want you to take this home and I want you to keep praying every single day Lord how can I share my five loaves and two fish today
how can I bring light to someone's dark situation? And at the end of the year, at some point, we're going to have a gala, a gala. And I want everybody who were part of the services today to bring this. This should not look like this, but it should be filled up to the point where you have to start folding it small to get something inside. That's how our nation changes. That's how politics don't become about politics, but it comes about bringing hope to an entire nation through Christ. Can you stand? If, oh, wait, one before you stand. Is there anybody here today who is struggling and saying, you know, Terrence, that sounds good, but I just, I don't have hope today and I just need prayer. If that's you, can you stand? Well, no, Terrence, I'm not going to stand because you're putting me on the spot now. But I want to be bold. Amen. I want to be bold. If you stand today and you need hope, we are people of hope here. And we're not judging you. We're not going to put you down. We're not going to look at you and say you're crazy. We're going to cover you. And we're going to bring light into your dark situation. Because Jesus is going to take that little and multiply it. If that's you, stand. If someone's near you, just stretch your hands towards them. Get around them. Eternal God, our Father, Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We honor you this day. We thank you for your word that heals, delivers, and set free. We thank you that you specialize in a very difficult, complicated situations that are difficult for us to figure out. You are ultimately still in control of everything. And so today, God, we intercede on those that are standing who are in need of hope. And just like you fed the 5,000 in the crowd that was following, and just like you were in the house healing and preaching, God, we pray that you would go intimately into their personal situations. And God, that you would allow them to experience your love, your compassion, and your grace. God, we pray now that you would change their situation so that they would know, as your word says, that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Allow them to experience mourning on this day. We thank you and we praise you in advance that you, God, are getting the glory out of their situation, out of their life, and that you're posturing and positioning them to be extensions of hope. In your son Jesus' name, amen. Come on, clap your hands and give God some praise. Everybody stand, please. Thank you so much for um, allowing uh, me to be with you this morning. And Pastor Dave, happy birthday. Um, we, we will continue to celebrate you throughout this day and in the years to come. Amen. And um, please, y'all love on him. Make him feel really uncomfortable. His love language is words of affirmation. So tell him how good he looks today. Tell him he does not look 65. <laughs> he really isn't 65. Um, but after you do all of that, can you please go out to those tables and sign up for one of the ministries? If you have made a pledge to the capital campaign, no matter how hard it gets, because inflation is high, Trust 
Jesus with your five and your two and watch him make up the difference in your personal finances. Can I encourage you, if you have not made a commitment to the campaign, that you do so. And you can do that again. My email, by the way, is Terrence at, so that's T-E-R-R-A-N-C-E, at thehopecenter.com. All right? So if you need any further information, please stop at the tables in the back. The ladies are there and get one of these fabulous t-shirts so that we can bring hope to this world. God bless you. Have a fantastic Sunday. Thanks for spending time with the Hope Collective. If you appreciated this message, we hope you'll subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. You can also leave a rating or review, which will help other listeners find us online. Thanks again for joining us.